important that we get this and do this because we need to um, set the culture of the ministry. Amen? Because God wants to take us higher. He wants to take us farther. He wants to um, uh, do great things in us, not just corporately, but individually. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to do something for you. God wants you in on this. He doesn't want you left out of what he's doing. Are you following me? And so I'm going to teach something. Um, hopefully you'll get it. We'll grab a hold of it. Are you there in 1 Timothy 3? Verse 14 and 15. Okay, let's read this together. Ready? Read. These things I write to you. I write. That's it. That's it. Verse 14 and 15. Again, verse 15. But if I'm delayed, I'll write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. So notice it says there's a way to conduct yourself in the house of God. Now don't be nervous. I mean, we're not here to beat anybody down. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna grab a hold of this. By faith, you're gonna grab a hold of this. And it's going to shift your experience from here on out. Okay? Today I want to talk from that subject, verse 15, how to conduct yourself. I'm using it for a subject. How to behave in church. How to behave in church. There's a way you're supposed to behave in church. Now let me add this subtopic so you don't miss what God is doing. How to behave in church so you don't miss what God is doing. You got it? Say so your neighbor's a neighbor. God's going to teach us how to behave in church so you don't miss what God is doing. Thank you, Father, today for the word. I pray that, God, you give me divine utterance. Let me speak things I have not, have not heard already. Give me divine unction to flow in ways I have not seen. And I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts, that as the word of God is sown into the soil of each and every one of our hearts, that God will produce that which you send it to produce. It will accomplish that which you please. And, God, I pray that the word will bring forth life in every one of us, that the culture of this ministry shifts, and each person's uh, disposition shifts and that we would know properly how to behave ourselves in the in church so we never miss what you are doing at any given time. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Glory to God. I want to talk about Kairos moments. Kairos moments. Kairos moments. I want to give you a definition. We, we always talk about Kairos moments. But I want to give you a, a definition that you can uh, jot down later uh, when you're watching this again. I threw in a shameless plug. You can jot down later when you're watching this again. You do watch these again, don't you? Kairos moments, they are opportune times 
to react or respond to divine movements. Opportune times to react or respond to divine movements. We, we normally, we've talked about Kairos moments. You've been around this church before. You've heard of Kairos moments, these moments that God is doing something. But I want you to understand that when there's a Kairos moment, you're supposed to react or respond. A Kairos moment doesn't come to give you goosebumps. A Kairos moment is an opportunity. It's an opportune time. It's, thank you, Lord. It's, it's like an opening in heaven. When heaven uh, meets earth, when heaven kisses earth, that it's, it's, it's a time where you and I, if we're aware of it, are, we, we can react and respond in such a way that that Kairos moment translates into something further in our lives. Okay? I'm going to be patient with you this morning because I'm going to teach you how to respond. So, so the, and when the Kairos moment comes, if, if I react or respond properly in the moment, it changes my life. And I leave that moment, I leave that moment with the residue. I leave that moment with the revelation. I leave that moment with the expectation that something is about to change, not only now, but down the road. Because I didn't just sit in the moment, but I reacted and I responded in the moment. Hallelujah. Do you remember the story back in, in Mark 10 when uh, Jesus is coming down the street, uh, passing down the street, and this man named Blind Bartimaeus, he's on the roadside begging. And, uh, and the Bible says, and he heard Jesus Christ was passing by. And what did he do? He said, this is a moment. Y'all wake up now. He said, this is a moment. So rather than just let the moment pass him by, he reacted and he responded in the moment in that divine opportune season, and it changed his life forever. Y'all remember that? Blind Bartimaeus wasn't blind anymore because he reacted and responded in the moment. And you and I have to learn how to catch Kairos moments. Thank you, Lord. Do you remember in, um, in the scriptures in, in Luke, I believe it's in Luke 5, where Jesus, uh, he's in the house. The Bible says he's in the house. The house is full of people. People are all around him. There's no more room in the house. And the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. The Bible says he's in the house, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. And yet nobody around him was reacting or responding to that Kairos moment. But the Bible says there were four guys outside who had a friend who was bedridden, who was paralyzed, and they said, we're not going to let this moment pass us by. There's a moment. We recognize we sense some, there's something in there we need. We're outside, but there's something in there we need. And if we can't come through the door, we're going to climb up on the roof and tear somebody's roof. We don't even know who owns this house. But we're going to tear the roof off because we're going to react and respond in the moment. And the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith. They reacted and responded in the moment. He saw their faith, and the Bible says he commanded that man to rise up. He said, son, your sins be forgiven you. That man's life was changed because they reacted and responded in the moment. Remember there was a man uh, in John, I believe it's John uh, 5 or so. Uh, this man is stuck by the pool of Bethesda. And 
around this pool every day, 38 years, something like that. He'd been there a long time. And the Bible says he was waiting for the troubling of the water, which meant they would wait every year for a Kairos moment. Jesus comes along and finds him there by that pool and says, hey, do you want to be healed? And he said, sir, I have no man at that Kairos moment. I want to. I want to react, I want to respond, but I have nobody to put me in the water when the water's trouble. I have nobody when that Kairos moment happens to help me. And Jesus simply said, uh, I'm just paraphrasing, I didn't ask you all that. I ask you, do you want to be healed? Because what I'm doing is I'm bringing the moment to you. You don't need to wait for the moment. I'm bringing the moment into your life right now. He's at the pool of Bethesda. The word Bethesda literally means house of mercy. When we talk about the, the church of the living God, when we come into the sanctuary, we call it a house of mercy. You are in Bethesda right now. Y'all missing that. You are at Bethesda right now, which means that whenever you come into the house of God, you come into the house of God, there will be Kairos moments every time you come. This side, got it. Let me say it over here. There will be Kairos moments every time you come. So you have to adjust and shift your mindset, your attitude, your expectation that I'm not just coming to church. I'm just not just coming here to go and pass time till I go to Piccadilly as a poor folk somewhere to eat. No, I'm coming because I'm expecting that when I get to the house of God, I'm going to run right into a Kairos moment, a moment where God is moving and I will have a divine opportunity and I'm not going to sit here like a bump on a log, but I'm going to react or respond I'm going to react or respond in this moment. And I told you I want to shift the culture of the ministry, especially the culture of many individuals, because you, you come to church. Um, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your neighbor, so don't get mad. You come to church, but you leave the same, not because Jesus didn't show up. It ain't because he didn't show up. He said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name. Oh, help me, Lord. Wherever two or three. I see one, two, three, four. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, there I am in the midst of them. So he's here right now. Tell your neighbor, he's here right now. He's. Come on, tell your neighbor, he's here. Right now. And if he's here, then you are in a Kairos moment. And only thing is waiting to happen is you to react or respond. If you don't, then you will leave here the way you came. But if you choose to react or respond, to the presence. If, if, listen, if you don't know that we've been in God's presence this morning, your, your wood is wet. This 
worship team every Sunday, even every Wednesday, leads us right into the presence of God. And if you can't sense that, you might need to get born again, again. <laughs> every time. Every, well, they, they didn't see my favorite song. No, 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 baby, no. They're not here entertaining you. They're here to worship Jesus. You're not the audience. We praise an audience of one. And so when you get into these seasons, it's important for you to respond. So whenever I come to God's house, there will be Kairos moments. I must expect them. Listen to this. I must expect them, look for them, and respond to them. Because if I don't, I will miss them. I got to say it again. I must expect them, look for them. That means the whole time I'm in church, I'm looking for that moment. In other words, when I come to Dick Mac, I come with the attitude, something good is going to happen today. Ah! Something good is going to happen today. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, anytime we come together, I come saying something good is going to happen today. So what I'm, because I'm expecting it deep, I'm looking for it. Oh, I don't know will it be a song or a testimony. I don't know if it will be the offering message. I don't know if it's going to be the, me- I don't know if it's going to be a prayer. I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be when somebody hugs me at the door. It might be, it might come during the welcome time. God might give you a Kairos moment, an opportunity to react or respond to his glory. Because if I don't look for it, if I don't expect it, I will miss it. I will miss it. I assure you, I assure you, I assure you, every time you walk into this place, because we've hallowed this house for Jesus. You will have the opportunity. I almost said you will have a Kairos moment, but I'd rather say you will have the opportunity to experience it. Because it's going to happen. It's happened already in this place today. In Luke 19, 41, I want you to look on the screen. Just write it down. Luke 19, 41 through 44. In the New Living Translation, Luke 19, 41 through 44. I want you to see this. In fact, let, let, let me, yeah, thank you. Let's go back to New King James first. I want to read that New King James first. It says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known even you, especially in this, your day, everybody says your day. The things that make for your peace. That word peace in the Greek is the Greek word irene, which means your prosperity, your happiness, your felicity, your wholeness, your wellness. If you had known, especially in your, your day, the things that make for your prosperity, the things that was going to change your life, the thing that would turn your life around, he said, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. So in other words, because you, did, you didn't see it, bad things are going to happen. Verse 44, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave you in one stone upon another. 
because you did not know the Kairos moment. Because you were not sensitive. You did not discern that you were in a moment. You missed it. And because you miss it, you have to now deal with the consequences that are coming on the earth. Now let me sw- swift, uh, shift real quickly. Uh, new living. I don't have much time. I, I, I got to get this out here. Look at this. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Keep going. How I wish today, this is my prayer for you, that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. In other words, here comes prosperity, but you can't see it. Here comes healing, but you can't receive it. Here comes wholeness and wellness. Here, come, here comes sanity. Here comes peace in your soul, but you can't see it. Before long, watch this next verse, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close you in from every side. Keep going. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. This is family destruction. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place place because, watch this, you do not recognize it when God visited you. So notice there's a danger in uh, being unable to recognize visitation. And most people, because they have grown up in church and have the traditional religious mindset about church, all I'm thinking about is go put on some nice clothes, go to church, sing a few songs, the preacher going to give me three points in a poem, we're going to pray, and we're going to go home to poor folks. I don't mean to pick on poor folks, I like poor folks, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But we're going to, I like poor folks, Joe. But, but, But if that's the mindset then you're on your way, you're passing through church and not understanding that when you come into the house of God, you're coming for a visitation. God is going to meet you right there. He said, there's a place I've called for my name to dwell there. 12th chapter Deuteronomy. So I place my name on a place and I want to assure you that his name is on this house. I say that without any reservation. God's name is on this house. His hand, his favor is on this house. His presence, God likes coming to EGCC. Uh, yeah. There are some places God probably gets bored. He don't, don't, God said, I'm, I'm not going by there this Sunday. I'm not. No, Lord, you said, Lord, you said, wherever two or three are gathered. No, I, I'm coming. I'm not coming. No. Come on, you can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> I'll stop in, but I'm just going to say hi and go keep going. I ain't staying. But I assure you, he comes and hangs out. The angels of heaven are filling. They fill, y- y'all don't see them, but angels are all in this place. They like praising and worshiping with us. The Bible says that God inhabits Psalm 22. God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you and I praise like we do, we may go a little longer than folk like. But 
You're not the audience. It's for him. And I can't stop till he get enough. And, and, and so I know we get a little crazy, a little wild. It, it gets, sometimes it gets, it gets hot during praise and worship. You just, just oh, Lord, oh, mercy, Lord, oh. Sweat out your little, your little weave. You got your weave just laying all down like that. Just. Some of y'all ladies, y'all go natural. Y'all like your little natural dudes, and that, that's great. But that natural start laying down like that on you. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the best you can. As pastor, I want everyone in this church, as pastor, I want everyone in this church. Now, I can't account for guests. I thank God for guests, and I want guests to get it. Thank God for you. But I, I'm accountable for the members, the, those who are regular in this church, because you're going you're gonna to be here next Sunday. And so I want you to come next Sunday, and come Wednesday, I want you to come every time from here on out so in tune, so in tune that you never miss God again. Because I can guarantee every one of us will have a time that we can, we, we can say in reality, I, I miss God today. Because if, if you went home, you say, you know, it was all right. You know, he was here. You missed him. Y'all don't like that. He was here. You missed him. Because you, don't, you weren't looking. So you, you didn't know that when, when that usher greeted you, that was the moment. Some of you, that moment might happen as soon as you pull into the parking lot. Step out your car. On holy ground. You ought to just start praising right there when you get out your... See, I'm convinced if you would come in with a praise and not wait on a praise, if you come in with a shout and not wait on a shout, you can shift things at right, 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 right about, right about 10, 15. You ain't, we ain't got to wait on praise and worship to start. We can already be crunk. Why? Because I'm looking for a moment. First Timothy 3, verse 14 and 15. Now I want all of you theologians and Bible scholars and you uh, well-educated scriptural pontificators to, um, you, to y'all, give me a break this morning. Just, just, just ride with me. I don't want you talking about me abusing the scripture. I'm, on, I'm using this as a backdrop. Just so you, don't, you know I'm not uneducated, Paul in 1 Timothy is giving his son in the faith, Timothy, Timothy is Paul's son in the faith who, he's a general overseer, Timothy is, of the church at Ephesus. See, I know my stuff, so don't, don't, don't look at me. And Paul, being a senior apostle to Timothy, a junior apostle, and a general overseer of the church at Ephesus, he's giving him instructions on how to set up church. 
tells him all about how, you know, I want men to pray everywhere. And he says, I want the women. He talk, talks about how women dress. Leave it alone, Pastor. I'm, I'm just telling you, Paul talks about it. I'm just, Paul talks about it. He said, Women ought not be in all the high and low and all the low and behold. Come on now. Crack in the top, crack in the back, crack all it, no, all it. Why? So you're not a distraction. That's why he tells the men, lift up holy hands and pray. That's this right there in First Timothy, because don't you can't be looking down at Sister Zola, so lift up holy hands and pray. <laughs> he does, you read it. And then uh, he talks about talks about uh, qualifications for church leadership, how to know, uh, how to recognize somebody that's qualified as an overseer, a bishop, a pastor, an elder. Then he talks about qualifications of a deacon, how to recognize a person who can serve in that ministry area of, of deacons and so forth. And don't think of deacons as the church, you know, traditional church, the ones who change the light bulbs in church. These deacons were ministers, able to teach the word of God. They full of fire, power, and the Holy Ghost. Not just money counters, you know what I'm saying? These, these, these are deacons. And so he lays all this out on these qualifications. And then, and then he says um, uh, in verse 14, he says, these things I write to you, this is where we are. I brought you all up to speed, right? Okay. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. He said, I want to come visit you again over there in Ephesus. He says, but if I am delayed, if I can't get there, I write these things, implied these things, so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is a church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So he says, I want to teach you how to conduct yourself, how to act. King James used the word how to behave. How to behave in the house of God, which is a church. So that's why I draw my theme from how to behave in church. Now, I'm not going to talk about how women dress anymore. I'm not going to talk about church qualifications for leaders. I'm not going to talk about, you know, he talks about women ought not usurp authority over men, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going, I'm not getting into that discussion. I'm, I'm going to talk about how you need to behave in church. Okay? So that you don't miss what God is doing. Okay? I have two points. I may get to only one of them today. If I get to the one, you'll be good. Because I'm not talking about how to, when I say how, how to behave, about, you know, you sitting quiet, you know, and not causing no ruckus. I'm not talking about how to behave like that, not, not chewing gum. I remember my, my uh, when I was growing up, uh, my auntie, actually my godmother was the original super usher. Then my auntie, Eula, my favorite auntie, became the, the next super usher. And uh, you know how the usher will walk up to you? You're chewing gum. Put that, because they had a glove on. Not, not these latex COVID gloves. I'm talking about white marching band gloves. You chew, chew gum in church. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about not flipping over pews. I'm talk, I want to talk today how to behave in church so you don't miss 
what God is doing. Here's point number one. Give yourself to the word. I want to talk about how you behave when it comes to the word. Jesus has the words of life. His, his words, the words that I speak, John 6, 63, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 66, Jesus asked the disciples, he says, are y'all also, uh, verse 67 rather, you also going away? And they said, no, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of Zoe, the words of, of, of the, the abundant, blessed God kind of life. So the word is life. It is the word is the word has the ability to transform our lives. The word faith comes by hearing. Right? Romans 10, 17. And hearing comes. So something comes out of this word. In fact, if in fact, if you read that in John in Romans 10, 17, the Greek will really tell you that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the rhema, which is really a preach word of God, because he goes on to say, but how shall they uh, call upon him and they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Right? So, so when, when the preacher is preaching, there's a way you're supposed to respond and react. Because you're in a moment where the words of life are coming forth to you. And what the devil wants to do is to get you and me uh, to not react and respond properly so that we, we miss the moment that we're in and don't get the fruitage that comes from the seed of the word of God. But I want to make sure you know how to behave so you don't miss what God is doing. In Acts 20 verse 32 Paul says this, he says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, the word of his grace. Now, watch what the word can do. He said, which is able. See, I want you to understand why the devil fights you and makes you drowsy as soon as it's time for the word to come. I said he makes you drowsy. You know you slept well last night. But he's going to make you drowsy because he knows that there's something in this word that is able, watch this, to build you up and give you an inheritance. And what the devil does not want is for the children of God to ever be built up. And for sure enough, not get our inheritance. See, because if you get the word, you'll be built up. And when he comes against you, he can't tell you down. He spends the six days a week trying to tell you down. You come in here to get built up. By the word. So he says, now what I'm going to do, as soon as that man get up there to start talking, I'm going to put a drowsy spirit on. Soon as that man gets up to preach, all of a sudden, now you got to run to the bathroom so bad. You've been fine for the last two hours. All of a sudden, now you got to go to the bathroom so bad. If I don't, I'm, I'm going to explode. You're not going to explode. It's the devil. Now, listen. If you have issues and you have to go, please, by all means, go and take care of your business. <laughs> I'm not trying to condemn anybody for going, going to the bathroom. But what I'm saying is you're, you have an enemy 
who is trying to get you to miss a moment. So what I'm doing, I'm helping you out. I'm telling you, it's not just you. You got to fight him. Don't help him. Y'all miss it. He's trying to hurt you. He's trying to hold you back. Don't help him hold you back. So when you, when you find yourself with that drowsiness coming on, don't slouch. See, because the moment you slouch, you're helping him. The moment you do this, you're, you're helping him. The moment you grab your blanket, you're helping him. He wants to get you so cozy, so comfortable. You, let me ask you a question. You, you ever been home um, and, and say, I'm going to sit there, I'm going to watch me a football game. And you, get, and you get on the sofa and you're going to watch a football game. But then, then you, you, you let, let, the, let the feet up on the sofa, on the, on the chair. I'm just, I'm just relaxing and watch the game. And then, then you say, you know, I'm going to kind of lean back a little bit and watch the game. Before you know it, it's fourth quarter and you're like, oh, what, what happened? I missed it. You had no intention of going to sleep watching the game. Ask me how I know. You had no intention of going to sleep. But every adjustment you made for comfort. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. This word is able to build you up. Tell your neighbor, it'll build you up and give you an inheritance. Now, he doesn't want you to be built up because he needs you to be torn down. He needs you mentally broken. He needs you confused. He needs you where you're not strong in your mind because so that when you go to work tomorrow and the boss says something, you cuss rather than pray. Oh, no, not on this side. I'm sorry. He wants you flicking birds on, on I-275. Rather than rabba-ba-ba-ba-ba. He wants you to speak in other tongues. Because if you're not built up, that's how you're going to react. When you, get, when you get sucker punched by the devil, if you're not built up by the word of God, you're going you're gonna, to... You're gonna, Many of God's people walk around here with glass jaws. Y'all know what a glass jaw is in boxing. In boxing, they say you got a glass jaw and you, take, you can't take a punch. Many of God's people can't take a punch because they've not given themselves to the word, which builds them up. And then he sure enough doesn't want you to get an inheritance. Because if you get an inheritance, you move off your job being your source. You move off Uncle Sam being your source. You move off Mama and Daddy being your source. Y'all young folk better say something. You move to God being your source. He don't want you to get that. He's holding your inheritance back. But he says what will get you your inheritance is this word. So I got to fight you when it comes to the word. So when the man gets up or the woman gets up to start preaching, they start talking and they sound like, I want to you. It's, it's because the devil's, he's making a, he's making a wah-wah noise. It ain't me. It's the devil in your ear making a wah-wah-wah-wah noise. Wah, 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 wah. 
Give me that same verse, please, in the CEV, Contemporary English Version. Contemporary English Version. It says, watch this. Paul says, I now place you in God's care. Remember the message about his gift of undeserved grace. This message, thank you, Holy Ghost, can help you and give you what? What belongs to you? Even did you catch that? It's mine. He said this word will give you what belongs to you. There are things that belong to you that the enemy has stolen, that the enemy is withholding, and you're scratching your head about to bleed out trying to get it because you can't figure it out. Well, the answer is in the word. So when you're in church, you got to change your, modify your behavior. That when it's word time, it's not relaxation time. It's not tune out, zone out. It's not Facebook and Twitter and TikTok time. It's ain't to be time to be scratching for dates and Tinder and all that kind of. This is the time for you and me to be paying attention to this word. Have y'all noticed? Because, listen, I'm not going to tell you something and not be an example. Have you noticed when guest speakers are here, or even when our ministers are, are here preaching, when I sit on my seat, I'll lean up? Can I tell you why I lean up? More than one reason. One, I want to get what they're saying. Two, I don't want to go to sleep. Because I recognize that no matter who stands and preaches his word, there's something inside of them. Even though I'm the pastor, I'm the chief messenger in this house, everybody in here has a word that I can glean from what you say. So I lean into you. Because I want to hear what you have to say. I'm not, y'all, you don't get nervous. I'm not leaning in to critique you or judge you. I'm leaning in because I want to hear what you have to say. Because I don't care if it comes out of a 16-year-old or a 60-year-old. I don't care if it comes out of a new believer or old fogey in the spirit. If God gives you a word, that word will build me up. That word will give help me find and receive what belongs to me. There are some things that belong to me that I don't have in my pocket yet. I don't have in my I don't have there's some things that belong to me. Y'all be honest with me. Are there some things? Wait, wait, wait. Look, matter of fact, this, this might be a news flash right there. They belong to you. That might be the news, the first news flash right there, that they belong to you. Healing belongs to you. Healing is the children's bread. Wealth and riches, they belong to you. They belong in your house. I said they belong in your house. They belong in your house. A good night's sleep belongs to you. Walking in divine health belongs to you. Having peace of mind belongs, that's yours. I'll push you right here, I'll push you right here. Some of y'all might not get it, but some of you will get it. The best cars belong to you. The best homes belong to you. The best clothes belong to you. The best food belongs to you. I will satisfy your mouth with good things. So that it belongs to you. Well, Pastor, I'm having trouble. Well, are you paying attention to this word? You got to be built up. 
Give me that same verse, please, in the Good, uh, good News Translation, the GNT Good News Translation. Oh, man. I'm not going to get the point two, so we might as well write this one out. And now I commend you to the care of God and to the message of his grace. Read it with me. Which is able and give you God has blessings for all his people. You mean it ain't just for pastors? You mean it's not just for pastors? He has blessings for all his people. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Somebody say, God's got a blessing with my name on it. Tell your neighbor, God's got a blessing with your name on it. As a matter of fact, he has blessings with your name on all of them. That's what it says. That's what it says. If you go sit them in some church where they're going to tell you, well, we just got to trudge on through this barren land. I'm just a pilgrim trying to make my way through this barren land. One of these days in the good old by and by, I'm going to have me a streets of gold and we're going to have a new body and I'm going to we on. No, 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 no. He says there are blessings God has. Will, not will have, has. First chapter of Ephesians says he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. It's already mine. So what, what, what this means is, Elder Warren, is I have to change my behavior when it comes to the word of God. That I don't allow myself to drift off or drift down or drift to sleep because I, there's something I need to get. I, they're, they're, I, I, don't, I don't know what my word is going to be, but my word, my word is going to come. I, I, I want to tell you this here uh, boldly without trying to be arrogant. This is not, not arrogance. This is boldness and confidence based on my position that God has given me. Your prosperity is in my mouth. You, you might not understand it. Your prosperity is in my mouth. Your deliverance, your miracle, your breakthrough, your healing is in my mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth. It, you ain't the mouth of, I am the mouth of God, baby. I speak as an oracle of God. I'm not giving you my words. I'm giving you his words. If I'm giving you my words, forget it, going to sleep. But if I'm giving you the word of God, you better perk up, pay attention, and say, God, I receive my word. I receive my blessing. I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. I receive my prosperity. This is my moment. This is my season. This is my hour. I receive what you have of me, God. I receive my word right now in Jesus' name. Okay, okay, okay. 
Watch what this says here. So I'm giving myself to the word. I'm giving myself to the word. Give me James chapter 1 verse 21. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just first of all, showing you what the word can do. Woo-wee. I got 21 minutes. Oh, Lord. I, 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 James 1 21. It says here, therefore lay aside all filthiness and over, overflow of wickedness. King James, I like that, says superfluity of naughtiness. Naughtiness. How many of y'all know you are naughty by nature? Oh, y'all didn't say that. Look at the neighbor and say, you are naughty by nature. You are naughty. You are naughty by nature. I receive. But he said, lay it all aside. And receive with meekness the implanted, King James says, engrafted word. Now that word implanted or engrafted, you look up in the Greek and it literally talks about something that's put in you by instruction. So when the man or woman of God or whoever God puts in front of us brings the word of God, they are about to plant instruction or plant word in you. You are good ground, right? So what we're doing is planting the seed of the word in you. Notice what it says. We already read the word is able to build us up and give it his inheritance. But it says here in James 1.21, this word is able to save our souls. Pastor, I'm already saved. That ain't what he's talking about. He says, save your soul. Your soul is a part of you that's going crazy. Out in the world, they're talking about mental health this, mental health that, mental health this, mental health that. The issue is, it's the soul is going crazy. But the word, the Bible says, is able to save your soul. So a person who has a mental health breakdown, what they need. I'm going to come over here. A mental health breakdown, or if you're depressed or anxious about anything, what you need more of is not a sad song. You don't need no more hogging dolls. Being in Jerry's, and you don't need no wine. What you need is the word. Because the word, if you let the word get implanted and grafted in you, it will save your soul. That word soul comes from, from the Greek word suke. It look, looks like psyche. Pronounced suke. It's, it's the soul, it's the seat of the feelings. Anybody here to y'all in your feelings? You ever get all in your feelings? You know how to get out your feelings? This word. Husband, that might be good, husbands. Whenever your wife gets in their fit. No, no, that's right. Um, let's break out this word, baby. Let's break out this word. It's Bible study time, baby. It's, it's Bible study time. Let's bust open this word right here for a minute. The seat of the feelings, desires, affections, aversions, our heart, soul. So all the stuff, your desires, your appetite, it's your affections, it's all the stuff that gets you, you know, feeling some kind of way. I feel like I'm losing it. 
What I need is the word. Pastor, I'm having a hard time sleeping at night. It's because your, 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 your body is sleeping, is trying to rest, but your soul is, is not resting. So because your soul isn't resting, your, your foot is tapping all night. And because your soul isn't resting, you're, you're turning over in bed all night because it's your soul. So if you what you ought to do is before you go to bed, don't watch a stupid movie. It's, it's put on the word. Put on one of pastor's messages and let the word get planted in your, in your heart so your soul can be saved. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't see that earlier. So when he saves your soul, remember when you get, when you get born again, it wasn't your soul that changed. It was your spirit. You are a born again spirit. Now, yep, born again spirit, you still have a soul that's out of whack. So here you are, you're born again and you want to do right in your spirit. But your soul still wants to. I don't see nothing wrong. Your, your, your soul. It's your soul when God's telling you, okay, I, I, don't want, I don't want you in every healing line for diabetes and blood pressure no more. I, you need to eat right, my child. But your soul says, I got to have that pork chop and them ribs and the bacon on everything and extra salt. It's your soul telling you that. Your spirit already knows better. When, when, when you need to spend time in prayer or in fasting or in the word of God, it's your soul that says, no, no, you know, I got to just chill out for a minute. So what needs to be saved is my soul. Okay, so now you see what the word can do? I got 15 minutes. Y'all hang with me here. Thank you, Lord. So now that I know what the word can do, I have to change how I behave when it comes to the word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Proverbs 4, verse 1. says, hear my children, the instruction of a father. Now, if you allow me to say this as a spiritual father, hear my children, the instruction of your spiritual father. And give attention. Lean in. That's what it means. Lean in. Incline yourself. Don't, don't, don't critique me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, know, I know I'm going to use some bad adjectives and bad verbs and bad adverbs. And I'm not, I know I'm not going to conjugate every verb properly. And I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to misuse grammar a little once every once. I know, I know, I know. I know I'm, I'm going I'm to mispronounce mature and iron. I, I, I know that. Cut me some slack. What you need is not how I said it, but what I said. So give attention to know not my grammar. 
but understanding. Verse 20. Verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear. Are you seeing this? I want you to see this. Not just, not don't just see the words. I want you to see the action behind it. Incline. That's what I told you when I sit there. I incline. When I'm watching a football game, I recline. And before you know it, hey, who won that game? I don't, what was the score? I don't even know. Because I recline. Game watches me. But if I incline my ear, I'm leaning into it. I'm paying attention. Notice, I want you to see the physicality of this. I want you to see the body adjustment. I'm inclining. I'm leaning in. I'm repositioning myself. I'm in a posture to receive because I'm looking for my moment. I'm looking for my word. Is this helping anybody here today? There's a posture of expectation. Do you remember, I, I didn't give the meaning of this, but this is something that just came to me here earlier. The, the story of the man in Acts 3 when uh, Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. And there was a man who, the Bible says he's laid at the gate daily. He's begging for alms and he's, he's paralyzed, been paralyzed his whole, from his mother's womb. And he's laid there daily at the gate and he's, he's asking for alms. And, and Peter, Peter says, look on us. And the Bible says he, he, he looked at him. He, he said, look on us. He said, he said uh, we don't have anything. And he, the Bible says the man looked expecting to receive something from them. In fact, it, it says, says this. He gave attention to them expecting to receive. When you expect to receive, you give attention. So as a pastor... My view is in your face, to your face. So I can easily tell those who are not expecting anything. It's very easy. It's written all on your face. You don't have to say a word. Y'all come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back. I'm going to get y'all saved eventually. When you're expecting something, you position yourself. He gave attention to them, expecting to receive something. So when you're expecting to receive, you give attention. I pay attention. I'm listening because I'm expecting that something's going to come uh, from heaven today that's going to change my life. This is how you behave. This is how you behave. Second Thessalonians 3.1. Let me hurry to a finish. Second Thessalonians 3.1. Glory to God. It says here, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. And be glorified just as it is with you. So we're talking about now not just hearing the word, but glorifying the word. Glorifying the word. Honoring the word. In fact, give me that same verse in the easy-to-read version, please. Easy-to-read version. Now, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Pray for us. 
pray for us that the Lord might have his way. We come to have church. That's how y'all sound when y'all practice? Pray that the Lord's teaching will continue to spread quickly. And pray that people, watch this, will give honor. So notice here that the proper response of the word is to give honor to it. Now I'm not even asking you to honor the speaker. Although we should, I can, I can take your scripture on that. I'm talking about honoring the word. That when the word is going forth, I'm, I'm attentive to it and I have a reverence for that word. I appreciate that word. I'm showing a respect, a reverential respect for that word. That this, this is the word of life. And when it's, when it, in the book of Nehemiah, I forget what chapter it was. It talks about how Ezra and the people got up and they're, they found the words of the law. They're going to read it. And the Bible says they read the word, word of the law from daybreak until noon. And it says that when, when Ezra went and stood on the, the Bible says they, they had a wooden platform. And he stood above the people. And the Bible says, just like pulpits. And when he stood to read, it says all the people stood up. What, what chapter is it? Chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter That's right. Because it goes on to say, say that the joy of the Lord is, my, is your strength. 8 verse 10. If you read the verses prior to that, it's explaining this. Why you have that joy? Because you honored the word of God. Are you catching this here? So when the word is preached, you don't just... So that's one of the reasons why normally when somebody gets to preach the word of God, they would say, we're going to read the scripture, everybody stands. I don't feel like standing. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's just tradition. It's called honor. It's the word of God. If a judge walked in the room, all right, if the president walked in the room, they make everyone stand. If a general walked on the deck, come on, you military folk, boy, you're gonna you're gonna go my pilot. You're gonna so when the word is going forth, there's an honor and a reverence for the word. When you do that, you focus as if Jesus himself is talking. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So the Word is Jesus. So if Jesus Christ came and stood right in front of you and started talking, how, 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 would, you, how would you be then? Would you be all legs crossing? No, you be. Well, every time this word comes forth, it's Jesus talking to you. Are y'all with me on this here? 
All right, let me, let me, let me, let me shut this down, boy. Here's why. First Samuel 2, verse 30. First Samuel 2, verse 30. I want to read just the, the latter, the B part of that. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me. Remember, me, God, is the word. And he said, if you honor me. That's right, Miss Hattie. If you honor me, I will honor you. So if you honor the word, he will honor you. But he says, those who despise me, in other words, think lightly of me, don't show honor for me, will be lightly esteemed. So in other words, don't, 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 don't vote me out. <laughs> I'm going to put, um, let me speak for God in my own ghetto words. If you ain't thinking about him, he ain't thinking about you. When you read Proverbs chapter 1 about wisdom, and wisdom says, I cried out to you, I called for you, I tried to help you, but, but you ain't want nothing to do with me. So now when you flip the script, and now you're calling for me, and you want me to help you, you ain't have time for me, so now I don't have time for you. That's Proverbs chapter 1. And I'm going to laugh at you and your calamity. So if you and I don't change how we behave towards the word, then when you need some help, See, when you need help, the Holy Ghost brings back to your remembrance all the Lord's told you. But if you ain't let the Lord tell you nothing, then he has nothing to bring back to your remembrance. So you have no help when you need it. But if when you come in here, you sit and say, oh, I'm going to see this word. I'm going to see this word. I'm going to honor this word. I'm going to respond and react to this word. Oh, man, okay, 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 let's, let's finish, let's finish, let's finish. Um, uh, uh, Luke 8, 18, Luke 8, 18. Ooh, yes, it does. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Therefore, give attention to how you hear. Therefore, really consider how. I think it's in Matthew 13 and Mark 4 in those accounts of this same parable uh, story, this storyline, um, this passage rather, Jesus says, take heed what you hear. But here in Luke 8, 18, he used these words, take heed how. Oh, so there's a way I'm supposed to hear. There's a way I behave when I hear. Take heed how you hear. Oh, okay, well, Pastor, how should I hear? Now, remember, in this Maybe you don't know. In Luke 8, 18, by the time you get to verse 18, he's already explained the parable of the four grounds. Remember the parable of four grounds? One ground is a wayside ground. Said the, the word comes on that wayside ground. Immediately the enemy comes, snatches away the word. Nothing happens. But he said the next group of people is that, that, uh, that stony ground where he said the people there, they receive the word with joy. Another place it says with gladness. Luke 8, it says with joy. But then, you know, they heard the word with joy, but then, you know, things happen. 
the next group on, on the, the thorny ground, um, the, it, it grew up and didn't produce anything. The last group, they received it with a noble and good heart. This is Luke 8. Now notice we're seeing a progression in how you hear. The first group, wayside, they didn't receive it at all. The next group received it with joy. Now the third group, they had to have built on what the last group had. So you can't now go and get something where you get actually see something producing and not have received with joy. The good ground had to have received it with joy, but they held on to it. So what he's saying is if you're going to get any kind of fruit, you have to at minimum receive it with joy. Now y'all better get a hold of this here. Because many times that we sit up here and, and preach the word and you have no response to the word. But pastor, you just want people to say hallelujah. You need to say hallelujah. You don't want us to say amen. Yes, amen means so be it. That's for you, not for me. I already know it's true. I'm preaching the revelation. You got to get revelation in you, so you got to say when the man God give that word, I say amen. That means being unto me according to his word. So at the very least, when you're hearing the word, you got to react with some joy. Because it's a Kairos moment. You got to react and respond in the moment. Ah, oh, Jesus. You, you, you got to, you, I'm going to talk about this the next, the last, my last point here in a minute. It's going to be, you got to glorify the word. There needs to be some kind of joy, some kind of excitement. There got to, there got to be, there has to be some kind of excitement about the word of God. There has to be some kind of excitement. If the word never excites you, something's wrong because it's not about how I say it. It's about what I said. And what I'm saying is out of the word. If the word don't excite you, I don't know what will. The problem is you've probably gotten yourself stuffed on TikTok and YouTube and stuff. You, you got your mind so, so bombarded with junk that when the real word comes, it doesn't interest you. No, Pastor, no, Pastor, you don't understand. That's just not my personality. I don't, I'm not one of those who just, I don't respond. I don't, I don't, hallelujah, I don't glory, I don't do that. Um, receive it with joy. See, this isn't about your personality. Can I tell you something? This isn't even about culture. Well, there are some churches, you know, our culture is we just kind of sit there. We're a little more refined. The man of God preaches and teaches the word. We just kind of sit and we listen to it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This, 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 this is just between us. Y'all don't tell anybody about this. There are times... Say what? I don't know. What am I saying? I'm going to say it. People are going to get mad. There are times, because it happened Friday night. I'm watching Faith Victory because my dad preaching. And I'm, I'm, I'm like this on, in the TV. He's preaching about a sure house. A sure house. Laying it down. And I'm, 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 I'm not the one preaching, but I'm feeling his frustration. Because he said, I'm preaching all this, and y'all just going to sit there and look at me? 
like that, I want to jump through the TV and jump on somebody. Why? How y'all sitting there and this man is preaching about a sure house and the promises and the goodness of God and y'all sitting there with like... That's my wife scared of because I got a lot of friends over up in in France. I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of friends. A lot of friends. Friend. Friend. You need to respond and react to the word of God. Don't let your man of God be given all his revelation, all his glory, all his word, all his anointing, all his wisdom, and you sit there and look back at him like he ain't saying nothing. Friend. Can I talk to my friends up in here? Don't sit and look at me like I ain't telling you something. Like I ain't giving you gold. Like I ain't giving you silver. Like I ain't giving you diamonds. I'm giving you the word of God. Don't sit there and look back at me like I ain't saying nothing. At some point, the word ought to quicken your spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor. I receive that. You don't watch football games like that. You don't watch your favorite movie. You be all in the just talking all in the theater, telling everybody what's about to happen. Hey, he about to, he about to come. Shut up. Shut up. All right, my time is up. Let's close here. Let's close here. Acts thirteen. I'm already on borrowed time. Acts thirteen, the last scripture. Last scripture. So you know, you got to receive it with joy. Acts 13, verse 47 and 48, last scripture. Last scripture. Woo-wee. We're shifting. It says, for, the Lord, for so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Verse 48. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they heard the word, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many of them as had been appointed to eternal life believed. So notice they heard and they were glad and they glorified the word. They heard, they were glad, and they glorified. When you hear, you should be glad and something ought to come out your mouth. come out your mouth every once in a while. Something ought to make you glad every once in a while. I may not be T.D. Jakes, but I'm giving you the word of God. You ought to at least hear and be glad and glorify the word. Shout hallelujah every once in a while. Thank you, Lord. That's my word, Pastor. I receive that. I'll take it. That's mine. Testify back to the word. Give me that same verse. I'm almost done here. Amplified classic. This it. This it. This it. And then we about, we about to, we about to, about to go off. Amplified classic. 
For so the Lord has charged us, saying, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles, the, the heathen, that you may bring eternal salvation to the utmost parts of the earth. Keep going, verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and glorified, praised, and gave thanks for the they, they start praising over the word of God. This is what I hear people say. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm just soaking it all in. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just soaking it all in. <laughs> Child, please. Well, Pastor, no, I'm, I'm trying to get it. I'm try no, see, I'm not talking to your brain. I'm talking to your spirit. Your brain will take a long time to catch up with what your spirit grabs right away. When your spirit grabs it, your spirit ought to leap. Rejoice. Praise. Give thanks for the word of God. Last place, the New English translation. But this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have appointed you to be a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Watch how they respond. When the Gentiles heard this, they began to rejoice and praise the word. I want to know, are you able to rejoice and praise over the word of the Lord? I receive it today. I receive my word. I receive the words of life. I receive my change. I receive my transformation. I receive my shifting. I receive my adjustment. I receive my correction. I receive my revelation. I receive it today. It's for my good. It's for my good. It's for my good. It's a hard word. It's for my good. That's a hard word, but it's for my good. I receive it. Hallelujah. The word is able to build me up and give me an inheritance to get what belongs to me, to get all of my blessings. I receive my word today. I'll close with this quote from Kenneth E. Hagin. Kenneth E. Hagin with the Lord now. He said this, and you got to grab a hold of this. The word you get excited about is the word that'll come to pass. The word you get excited about is the word that'll come to pass in your life. If you never get excited, I mean excited, you have to allow yourself to get excited. I know you are normally a melancholy person. I have a sanguine personality. I'm probably mispronouncing that. There's a psychologist, am I right? Sanguine, is it, what's it? He's, you don't know something? I'm right, so I'm right then. If you don't know, I'm right. That's the resident psychologist. But you have to Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
So you're going to be happy about this word. You're going to receive this word. You're going to be excited about this word. Because i got to have something come to pass in my life. I can't keep living like this. I can't live like this and I can't die like this. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody tell your neighbor, I can't live like this and I sure can't die like this. Something's got to happen in my life. Something's got to break in my life. Something's got to change my life. And the word of God, the word of God is going to bring it to pass in my life. Give God a praise for the word today. chapter 8 verse 3 Matthew 4 verse 4 man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds that word live doesn't mean just exist it means you're going to live verdantly you're going to live prosperously you're going to live uh, 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 what'd you say sumptuously okay opulently long Strong, healthy, happy, whole. to give to God the glory due to his name but I also come to receive life changing life transforming word I don't get all dressed up just to come and see you I come for a moment with Jesus and when his word comes That word comes to change me. I want the culture of this church that whenever the word, I don't care if it's somebody teaching, just teaching. Grab a hold of that word. Don't let us put somebody up here and say, well, you know, that's, that's so-and-so. It's, it's, 
No, you better grab hold. Let me see. Grab that word and receive it. Take that word. That word is going to transform your life. The Bible says, be not conformed to the word, but be transformed. There's not going to be a mind. Your mind is renewed by the word of I'm going to tell you something. What you and I receive here, I don't care who we put up. I don't care what minister or teacher we put up in this church. You're receiving gold every time you come up. Man, if we receive it, bro, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you won't recognize yourself next October if you shift your behavior towards this word. I'm, I'm going to deal with something something else on Wednesday night. The part two of this how to behave in church. So you don't miss what God is doing. Tell your neighbor, I'm never missing it again. Lift those hands to the Lord. Lift those hands to the Lord. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for giving me utterance today to minister this word to your people. I thank you that your people have had hearing ears and seeing eyes and receiving hearts. I thank you that, Father, I believe by faith that what has been released has been accepted, welcomed by your people, and that, God, as we as a ministry shift our attitude and behavior and our posture and our position when it comes to the word of God, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, more, the, more we, the more we hunger and thirst, the more we are filled. The more we hunger and thirst, the more we are filled. The more we hunger and thirst, the more we are filled. God, we're hungry and thirsty for more of your word, revelation. Thank you, Father, that Lord, revelation flows freely because we're under an open heaven. Revelation flows in this house. We, we're tithers. The windows of heaven open over this house. Revelation pours out in abundance. Wisdom pours out in abundance. Wisdom that makes us uh, wiser than our teachers and wiser than those around us in the world. Thank you to God this house, because we are hungry and thirsty, revelation will come for marriages, for families, for parents. Revelation will come for businesses and business owners careers and education and school and revelation will come to us on how to impact our community in a greater way. Revelation will come to us on how to win the loss for Jesus Christ in a greater way. I thank you that revelation comes to us on how to build the next building, how to acquire all the land, how to, how to do this and do that. Revelation comes because, Lord, we, we are hungry and thirsty for your word. We ask you to keep the portals of heaven open over this house. I pray that God in every heart today that a portal, a connection between heaven and earth is established. I decree that every heart today has an established connection to heaven. That your word can flow into our hearts at any given time. You can speak to us while we're sleeping. 
while we're going about our days, sitting at our desk, riding on the bus, whatever we're doing, your word can come to us. We listen for your word. Speak from heaven at all times. Father, today, I thank you so much. I can't tell you how thankful I am for this great congregation. This great congregation of people who do have that hunger and thirst for your word. Who do learn, know how to respond and react. And We are shifting our degree on that to do it more so you can pour out more. I pray that every man or woman of God and every person who ever stands to teach or preach in this church will, will all say the same thing. There's something different that things, that a tap is open, a, a portal is open when they stand in this place. This mispa place where heaven and earth meet and that God, they're able to let revelation flow freely. But they'll say things they hadn't thought about. That wisdom will flow, Father. I pray that your people as we establish that altar to you, we'll always honor you and your word in return. Thank you that, God, you'll honor us. I bless your people right now. I bless your people right now. I bless your people. I command the blessing of the Lord on your people right now. Life-changing blessing right now. I command it on them. As they receive it, manifest it quickly in their lives. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put those hands together. Give God a praise. <laughs>